What's up, bro? Welcome to another episode of uh, Brand New Show, I Believe Sports. Uh, sorry about that, by the way. Um, we got to get comfortable. Um, on all podcast platforms everywhere, you already know Brand New Show. Uh, social media platforms like Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Threads, Brand New Show. And of course, of course, uh, YouTube channel, excuse me, Brand New Show. Um, and as you know, I am Brian Janu. So, let's get into it. Like I said, this is I Bleed Sports. Um, a lot of things are going on. Sports all around us. It's a beautiful time. It's a really beautiful time. Uh, playoff baseball, football is now fully in swing. Both footballs, college and NFL. And, of course, basketball is about to come back in a couple of days, in a couple of weeks. Amazing, amazing, amazing. But tonight also kicks off another sport, and that is NHL. Um, so tonight, uh, they got a couple games on right now, but one game in particular is uh, the Blackhawks versus the Penguins. Um, one of the greats, Sid the Kid, um, takes on my Blackhawks. And I'm a Penguins fan too, because I said the Kid. Um, but my Blackhawks. Uh, in the debut of the number one overall pick, Connor, um, man, Connor Bernard, man, it should be considered, he's considered one of the future stars of NHL, um, along with Austin Matthews, Connor McDavid of, uh, Austin Matthews of the Maple Leafs. Connor McDavid of the Oilers. Um, what do I think of this upcoming matchup? Uh, Sid the Kid. This should be, and it is starting to get talked about because I saw I was just watching ESPN, so it is getting talked about. But it's like Victor Wembanyama, Victor Wembanyama, going to LA to play LeBron. It's like one of those, like the old guard meeting the new, the new pup, pretty much, and see what's up. Let's see what's really about to happen. I'm looking forward to this game. It's coming on ESPN tonight. I might tune in a little bit, watch a little baseball, watch a little that, watch a little NXT. So I'm going to have a real big sports night uh, here today. Um, speaking of basketball, the number one overall pick, Victor Wimbenyama. Wimbenyama. Listen, that nigga name is hard to spell. Last name is hard to spell. I don't know too many motherfuckers that knows Giannis Antetokounmpo like that. I, I learned that, and I was like – yeah, that probably might be the last fucking name I learned that is that fucking long, and I just am not going to try. So Victor Dub, Victor Dub, I'm going to call him Victor D, Victor, Victor Dub, Victor Dub is, he played last night preseason debut against last year's number one overall pick. Um, No, no, no. No, he wasn't last year's. He was, what, the second overall pick? Uh, Chad Holmgren, uh, and Victor, uh, don't on Chad, like, he just, he just, don't on that nigga, just don't on that nigga, like, it, it flexed on his ass, like, that's just disrespectful as fuck, kid, what are you doing, um, so that's gonna be beef in a, in a, in a season, um, like I said, basketball's around the corner, um, the season's getting closer and closer, and, um, and next episode, uh, I'm going to do predictions on the season. Who I think is going to win uh, MVP. Who I think is going to win defensive player of the year. Rookie of the year. Uh, who I think is going to the uh, NBA Finals. And who I think is going to have a disappointing year. But tonight, I'm going to start it off with this. I think that a team is going to approve. And I think a team is going to approve very fast and very quick. And a lot of people are going to be like, what? the fuck is this? And that team to me is the Indiana Pacers. I think the Indiana Pacers are ready. They're very ready. And in the Eastern Conference where, yeah, you got Philly. Yeah, you got, you know, the, the powerhouses now, Boston and Milwaukee. Brooklyn is such a questionable team because if Ben Simmons is healthy, then that's a whole other conversation. If he's healthy. If he's healthy, then that's a whole other conversation. Cleveland should be ready. Cleveland should be 
kickoff right where they left the off of the gun. Cleveland is such a you don't know with Cleveland sometimes. You just don't know. The Knicks, I expect the Knicks to be good this year. I actually do expect the Knicks to be good this year. I don't think last year was just a fluke. Excuse me. I think actually New York should be in the market for trying to get a uh, another second player that can really score, not a Julius Randle or R.J. Barrett. I think you should know already what those guys bring to the table. So I, if I was them by trade deadline, I'd be looking for trying to get a name to help Jalen Bronson. And by the time you look up, it's going to be some teams that's going to be like, yo, this season's pretty much dead. Let's just trade some fucking bodies. So I can see a Zach Levine or, you know, a Charlotte looking at a P.J. Washington, especially now that they got Brandon Miller. I can see them looking at a, you know, a P.J. Washington, or looking at somebody on Charlotte and being like, yeah, okay, you, you, we can go. We can leave you somewhere else. Or even, even you know, a Houston, somebody like that. Something is going to happen. Dallas. With Christian Wood, they could pretty much be like, yeah, we got to get you the fuck out of here. Um, or even Kyrie. I can see Kyrie even end up somewhere else. Because I do not think, think he's going to stay in Dallas for too long. Especially if they start off real sluggish. So, the Knicks have to get somebody. But I think the Indiana Pacers is my team to look out for coming into this season. Um, I think they actually will finish with the fourth best record in the East. Um, yeah, fourth fifth best record in the East. I think it's going to go Milwaukee. I think it's gonna go uh, Milwaukee, uh, Boston. I give it to I give it to Cleveland. I Cleveland's third to me. I think Cleveland's way better. Cleveland's third, and then I think Indy is fourth. I think Indy's the fourth best team. Miami is such a questionable one because you don't know where Miami's gonna physically end up. Like people forget, in Miami was the eighth fucking seed last year. It's not like they were great. They were the eight fucking seed last year. They had to play their way into the playoffs. So I think Miami's going to be the eight damn seed. And Miami's going to probably be the fifth, sixth best seed. I don't think that anybody else is really that great in the East. Like I said, Philly's got so much fucking problems and turmoil. I don't think they're going to be great. Um, And there's so many situations going on with that. So, I think Indiana could literally end up in the in the fourth position in the East. Um, when you think of Tyrese Halliburton, who is now coming off the U.S. Uh, uh, the U.S. Olympian team, the World Cup team, you got uh, uh, Mandarin, who they drafted last year, Benedict Mandarin, uh, Mandarin. Um, but then you have pieces around them, Buddy Hill, who they also have, and all these other guys and. Indy is a team that I would be afraid of. Like, Indy in the Eastern Conference, that's a team I'd be afraid of because you don't know shit about them, but also they're so goddamn locked in. And when they – and teams like that is so solid that they don't have to do anything. It's like the Knicks last year. The Knicks didn't have big fucking names, but they could just play their way and beat you their way. And that's exactly what the Eastern Conference is. It's a bunch of just, let's just play our way, let's just win that way. And I think the Indiana Pacers – have a rising superstar, two rising superstars, and an ability to actually shoot the ball and play defense. And that right there. And they also have a really good head coach in Rick Carlisle, who's a pretty solid fucking coach and actually has won the NBA Finals. So I think he's going to get the best out of that team. And I think the NFL Pacers ends up fourth in the Eastern Conference. Switch it to the Western Conference. The team that I expect the West in the West um, to be really good this year in the West um, which is saying a lot because that's this is a hard thing, but um, I'm I'm not trying to be a homer, but I'm gonna say the Pelicans. I think New Orleans Pelicans. If Zion is healthy, and that's a massive fucking if, if he is healthy, we can do damage. But Brandon Ingram, I feel like is more into who he is. I think he knows what he is. You got a full another full season with CJ McCollum there. And then you can move the pieces around if you need to. I think we have enough players in that on that team that can actually they know their roles and they know who they are. If Zion is healthy and he plays the entire season, I think the Pelicans, because people forget, before Zion got hurt last year, we were like fourth in the West. Like we were like we were fourth in the Western Conference before Zion got injured. So we were good. We were a really good team to start the season off last year. 
and then Zion got injured, and then everybody got hurt, and then things were left. But with the team that we have, the construction of that team that we have, man, with the head coach of Willie Green, we can fucking do it. I, I think that the Western Conference is so top-heavy that a lot of teams are just going to think that they can just run through the table. So I expect the Lakers to struggle modernly this season. I just expect Phoenix to struggle because it's going to take a minute for Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, and Bradley Bill to all get themselves together in that situation. I expect the Golden State Warriors to try to figure out what spot they can really use Chris Paul in. What is he to this team? But the teams that are on the upcoming, like the Sacramento Kings and the Minnesota Timberwolves and all these other teams, they're going to probably run the table fast. Memphis also, without John Morant, for the first 25 games, is going to be pretty interesting. I want to see how that's going to look. But if the Pelicans are healthy, Zion's healthy, I expect the Pelicans to start off fast, and I start. I expect them to stay that way for a good duration of the team if Zion, again, is fucking healthy. I actually expect the Pelicans to be in the top five of the Western Conference uh, when it's all said and done in the playoffs, in the playoffs. So I expect that to happen. Those are my two teams from the East and the West I expect to be great, well, improve a lot this year, I should say. Um, so, yeah. Now, Baseball. So I'm watching the Astros and the uh, Minnesota Twins uh, right now. Um, But there's two series that I want to really talk about. Um, So last night, the Diamondbacks beat the Dodgers for the second straight time in uh, L.A. Now the series goes to Arizona tomorrow. um, And the Diamondbacks are up 2-0. And the other series is the Texas Rangers absolutely beating the dog shit out the Baltimore Orioles. It's not like Baltimore hasn't scored like a lot of these other games. Some of these games, the just the offense just isn't there. Like last night with the Braves and the Phillies for most of that game, the offense just wasn't there. So, but the Orioles and the Texas Rangers, they're scoring crazy numbers. Like last, what the game. Uh, Sunday was like 11 to 8. You know what I'm saying? So they're scoring. Baltimore's scoring. Baltimore's the number one seed in the AL. And the Texas Rangers right now walking through them like they walked through the, te- the Tampa Bay race. Like, it was like it's nothing. Um, The question really to me is who's in more trouble? The, the Dodgers or the Rangers? I mean, or the Orioles? And to me, both. The Barrios go to Texas tonight. They play the Texans after the Texas Rangers after the Astros game. And if they lose, they get swept, and it's just like, what the fuck was that? They have to win tonight. They have no choice. If they do not win, they go on their ass home, period. But even if they beat Texas in game three, I don't think they come back in a series. I think the Texas Rangers are dead set on just beating the living shit out of everybody right now. And here's the thing. The Texas Rangers have every right to feel that way. I mean, they, they literally had the division one for most of the of the year. And then out of nowhere, the last weeks, the literally the last week of the season, you lose the division to the Astros, something that y'all have been trying to do for years. You lose it. And then you come into the wild card and you go on a fucking tear. Tampa couldn't stop you. And now Baltimore can't stop you. Texas is a dangerous fucking team. And they don't even have Max Scherzer. Imagine him playing in the ALCS. That's a different caliber. So I think Baltimore tonight, clearly if you don't win, you're done. But even if you win tonight, I don't think you win the series. I think you get your ass whooped in game four, and it's over. Whereas for the Dodgers, I think we need to stop talking about the Dodgers in a sense. Like, this will be the second straight year that you lost to a divisional team in the ALDS. This will be the second straight year. Last year it was the Padres. This year it's the Diamondbacks. And you're starting to get to the point now where it's like your guys are getting older, and teams are letting them, like, you can win a division. I don't give a fuck about the regular season. Win a division. I don't care. Because we're going to bust your ass when we, when we have five games to do it. We're going to bust your ass. 
I think the Diamondbacks are younger. I think the Diamondbacks are more hungry. I think the Diamondbacks care more. I think the Dodgers thought this was going to be a walk in a fucking park, and it has not been. I don't think the Diamondbacks are going to actually – I can see this series going five, but I can also see the series ending tomorrow because I just don't think the Diamondbacks can lose three straight games to the Dodgers. I don't think the Dodgers have it in them. The Dodgers are so top-heavy, which they've always been, but this is this is another year where you're top-heavy. And if game three, if Clayton Kershaw goes on that mound and do exactly what he did in game number one, the game, the season is over. And I think you need to go ahead and chalk it up. The Diamondbacks can beat the Dodgers. I'm not so sure if the Dodgers can beat the Diamondbacks. The Texas Rangers are going to destroy the Orioles. I don't think the Orioles have enough to beat the Texas Rangers. For the two series that are tied, the Astros look like they pretty much, I mean, it's going into the bottom of the eight. Anything can happen. <clears throat> you know, going into the bottom of the eight, anything can happen. Um, the, you know, Texas, uh, the Minnesota Twins are down uh, five runs, so anything can happen. But I said the game is over. The Astros are up 2-1. Tomorrow will be the game four. If they win tomorrow, um, then the Astros go to the ALCS. Um, here's my thing. And last night, the Braves came back and beat the Phillies. Um, and now they go to Philly. Um, for the most, most of that game, I was watching it, man. I'm like, oh, shit. The Braves cannot go to Philly down 2-0. You cannot go to Philly down 2-0. You are going to lose. And they fought, man. They fought their ass back into the game. Very proud of the Braves. Braves are one of my favorite teams. Um, they need to win that game. Now, going into Philly, that's a whole other animal. It's a divisional game. The way the Phillies lost last night, I know they're not going to just lay down and let that shit lie. They might go off in game three. They might go off early in game three. They were only up by four runs, I think, in game four, or game two, before they, before they you know, collapsed. But I can easily see the Phillies going crazy in game three out the gate. So the Braves have to wake their bats up earlier than what the fuck this has been. It's easy to do that at home and, and then wake up because you're at home. On a road in that crazy-ass Philly crowd in the playoffs of all time, of all places, you cannot play that game with the Phillies. The Phillies can easily beat you in Philly. You don't believe me? Go ask the Marlins who's sitting at home right now. Do not play that game with this team because you will easily lose that game with that team. And when it comes to the Astros and the the Twins, uh, I think the Twins are good, but I don't think they have enough to physically beat the Astros. The Astros always are, like, up and down. The first first two – the first series that they play in is the ALDS always. They're always up and down. I'm not surprised that the Astros lost game two at all. When, especially when you saw them literally almost lose game one. But today, they came out. They got the pitcher right out the gate. Tomorrow, they play again. If they could do exactly the same thing they did today, I think they got the they got the pitching. They got the hitting. They got the defense. They can stop the Minnesota Twins. And so far, today, like I said, now it's the bottom of the eight, two outs. Astros are up five. Good luck. Like, I, I just I just don't think – uh, the Twins are going to stop them. So I couldn't definitely see that. And I, always, I told you guys, I said the Astros are going to the World Series because I just couldn't see a team really stopping them. But if they play Texas, the Rangers in the next series, I'm a little like, this is not good. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. And, they, and by the way, if the Rangers in the series tonight, they better win tomorrow. They better fucking win tomorrow because they do not want to go back home in a closeout game where anything can happen at home Knowing Texas is getting Max Scherzer back, because Max is gonna probably be ready to play in the in the ARDS if anything. So, yeah, they gotta wake up. Anyway, now let's really get into it, man. Football is over. Week six of the college football season is done. Also, week five of the NFL season. Sorry, um, but let's get into it, man. Um, so week seven of college football is here, and like I've been doing all this 
college football season so far, uh, since I've been doing the show. Uh, I'm going to give you my skeptical game of the week. Game I'm really like, mm, anything can happen in that game. I don't really trust it. My most interesting game of the week is something that I'm like, I'm keeping my eye on it, making sure everything is, you know, could go left, could go right. We just don't know. Of course, my upset of the week, clearly upset of the week. <laughs> I don't really have to go too much to that. And, of course, the game of the week, the game that I think everybody is really going to be tuning in for and should, or maybe should be tuning in for. So let's get into it. My skeptical game of the week is the USC Trojans, who is now the number 10 team in the country, versus the Notre Dame Fighting Irish, who are the number 21 team in the country. After losing to Louisville last week, um, two straight losses back-to-back. They lost to Ohio State uh, the week prior, and now Louisville last week. They welcomed the USC Trojans into uh, uh, Notre Dame, um, USC, who survived against Arizona, um, in double overtime. <laughs> so, um, what do I think of this game? Why is it my skeptical game of the week? That's very simple. Uh, I think this is a skeptical game because. Like I've been saying, USC has an amazing quarterback, an incredible quarterback. Caleb Williams is clearly going number one. But after him, that team is just not that good. I know they got Jerry Rice, son. I know, I know, I know. But I've seen two games now where USC has played when they play just as quick and just as good offenses as their very own, and they have struggled. The defense has never been great under Lincoln Riley's defenses are never great. So anybody that sits up here and tries to lie and say Lincoln Riley could coach that defense, like can do something or do this, or do that. Excuse me. You're lying. Notre Dame. Coming off of two losses back to back, those the Ohio State game is one thing, but to lose Louisville like you lost Louisville last, yesterday, uh, Saturday, which was not even close. Um, well, it was kind of close. You 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 fought hard, you fought Dylan Jolie, but it just didn't make any sense. You have to win this game. Your season's over already, pretty much, because you're not. You already lost Ohio State. Now you lost Louisville. If you beat USC, you beat USC, and that's a big win. But it's not like. If you play USC first and you beat them, because USC now you're starting to realize, like, oh, they're not really that fucking good. Like, defensively, they're not that good. The offense is too fucking shaky. Like, there's some things about USC you can easily say, okay, I could, I could, I could catch that. The thing about USC is, can you control Caleb Williams for both halves? And that is pretty much where the situation gets really damning. If you can control USC's offense, well, control Keller Williams for both halves, I think you win this game easily. But I don't know what Notre Dame I'm getting. I don't know if this is the fighting Irish or it's just the guys that's going to lay down and just give up. So we shall see. Most intriguing game, of the, my most interesting game of the week is Missouri taking on Kentucky. Both teams coming off, both teams coming off of losses last week. Missouri. Losing in a shot in a shootout with the LSU Tigers at home, um, they were ranked, they were defeated, and then they lose to LSU. Um, versus Kentucky, who also was undefeated, <laughs> and then they got destroyed by Georgia. They just got absolutely ran over by Georgia. Um, my most interesting game. This is the reason why it's a very interesting game to me is because both teams are coming off of losses. Both teams need um, a sense of uh, a confidence boost. Missouri's in Kentucky. Um, Brandon Cook, uh, Brad Cook, Brady Cook, uh, Missouri's quarterback. They got some weapons in Missouri. Watching that game last week against LSU was very nerve-wracking for me because LSU's defense sucks. Um, Kentucky got absolutely beat down. It was the first time you saw, like, I, I thought they would, but it was the first time you saw Georgia really go full, like, Georgia on the team. And 
Georgia still got to play Missouri this year. So we shall see how that all looks. But I thought for the most part, man, um, both teams are going to be interesting. I don't know how Kentucky's defense is going to handle Missouri's pass game, but I also don't know how Missouri is going to handle Kentucky's run game. It's literally battles of, of their strengths. Missouri's pass game is the is the juggernaut, whereas Kentucky's run game is the dominant force. The difference is, is Missouri actually has a really good run game. Kentucky does not have a really great pass game. So I do expect Missouri to kind of take this. I wouldn't be surprised if they do. So, But if they lose, it's more so because they just didn't capitalize on the things they should have capitalized on. But for the most part, I think Missouri wins this game. Now my upset, of the, my upset game of this upcoming week is the U, oh yeah, Miami going to North Carolina. Miami is still ranked 25th uh, in the polls, whereas for North Carolina, they're also still ranked. They're still in the tops of the polls. Um, I think they're ranked 12th, if I'm not mistaken. So it's a 12 versus 25 matchup. Uh, Miami coming off of a very devastating loss uh, last week to Georgia Tech. You it's so fucked up that you had the game one and then you just literally gave the fucking ball up. Like you fumbled the ball because you didn't want to take a knee. Cause like Judge Tech had no timeouts. <laughs> it's it's the craziest shit. Judge Tech had no th- bro, this is not Madden. You don't like this is not Madden, bro. Like you could just easily take the fucking knee. What are you doing? But Miami loses to Georgia Tech in a fucking heartbreaker, man. Um North Carolina, uh, walking back their number one receiver last week, and of course they won. Um, why is this my upset game of the week? It's pretty much what, I, what you probably are thinking, right? I think Miami's gonna beat North Carolina. I, 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 North Carolina is my my school, especially when it comes to basketball. North Carolina, my school. Um, but Miami is my school too. Um. And I think Drake May is in a hell of a quarterback. But this is going to be a testing game for him. Now, like I said, welcome back. Uh, Taz Walker last week will help North Carolina definitely in this game because you need somebody that can spread that Miami defense out. But I think with the loss of last week and the way they lost last week, I think Miami is going to try to do everything in their power to win this game. This is a massive game that can get them right back in the conversation of the best teams uh, in college football. More importantly, the best team in the ACC. This is more of a of a of a conference thing than anything. Miami needs to beat North Carolina. They got Duke still to come. They still got certain games still to come on their schedule for the ACC. They still got Florida State. They got to play. They got some games that they need. And this is one of those games that they desperately need. If they can win this game and then run the table throughout the, ta- uh, the, throughout the uh, schedule, Miami could definitely see themselves back in a conversation. I mean, yes, you lose to Georgia Tech, you're not probably ever going to get back into, like, the big four conversation, uh, the playoff, uh, you know, the playoff four conversation. But the fact that um, you could still run the table and maybe make some noise and still – and if you beat Florida State, who still probably at that time will be in the tops of the rankings – Anything can happen, but you have to start this week. Now, I know it's in North Carolina. I know Drake May, Drake May got his, his top receiver back. I know these things, but you better win this game. And same thing for North Carolina because North Carolina cannot afford, and I mean this, North Carolina cannot afford um, to lose this game because North Carolina's offense this whole season, team has been shaky this whole season. They haven't really played anyone too serious just yet. But this is a game for both teams that need to win. And I think this is why I feel like Miami could definitely pull up the upset because North Carolina, I, I don't know about them just yet. You haven't really played anyone just yet. So I think this is going to be a very interesting situation because, like I said, Miami's coming off of a game where they lost and they lost the way they lost. That will motivate anybody. And last but not least, my game of the week for week seven of college football is, of course, a track meet and a half. Um, <laughs> Oregon versus Washington. Number seven going up against number eight. This is going to be a great game. Two high-powered offenses, two pretty good defenses. This is going to be the game. But this is also the game I think will tell you where everything goes 
for the Pac-12. Like I said earlier, USC is very skeptical to me. I don't know who USC is outside of Caleb Williams, and that's pretty much it. Whereas for Oregon and Washington, they're two of the best teams in college football. Now, here's the thing about Oregon. Bo Nix is a good quarterback, but he ain't like he was in the Colorado game. Don't get it twisted. I've watched Bo Nix when he was in the SEC. That motherfucker couldn't handle shit. He was terrible. Last year, when he was a part of the Oregon team, they didn't do great last year. And this is a game where I think Washington will eventually dominate. I think Washington's a really good team. They got a pro-style, ready-made offense with probably one of the best quarterbacks in the fucking college football landscape. And Michael Penix, Michael Penix Jr., that dude got two, three raw receivers that are literally ready to go right now. And if Washington, and Washington also has a really good offensive line that can hold up. So Oregon likes to bring pressure. They like to bring four. If Michael Penix can at least stay up right in that pocket, he's going to dissect the Oregon defense. He's going to dissect that secondary. That secondary has no chance in hell of stopping that team. And I think that as good as Oregon has been, again, Oregon hasn't really played anyone. You played Colorado, but Colorado wasn't ready for that game. Colorado is has never been, wasn't ready for that game. Excuse me. Colorado wasn't ready for that game. Colorado was feeling the same hype. And I, I said that even on when I did the episode. I said I could easily see Oregon beating Colorado because Colorado's not ready for that type of energy yet. But Washington is. And Washington is going in a pro-style offense. Good fucking luck. Like, <laughs> like, good fucking luck, man. Because um, I do not see y'all beating Oregon. I'm sorry. I, I I, mean, I don't see Oregon beating Washington. I don't see it. I, I don't see Oregon beating Washington. I expect it to be a shootout. I expect it to be an incredible game. But if Washington can keep Michael Penix upright, that Oregon secondary is not ready to play against a Washington. Sorry, just isn't. So that's my college football uh, skeptical game, most interesting game, upset of the game, and of course, game of the week. <sighs> Let's get into it. The NFL has happened, and listen, that was a game Sunday that I watched. And I turned off very, 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 very quickly. Um, Dallas versus the 49ers. This is why I kept saying that Dallas was a pretender. <laughs> I said that after week two, three, whatever. After they played, uh, they, they blew out the, who the fuck they blew out? Not the Giants. I think the Jets. Yeah. And everybody was ready to write them all and write them and say, oh, my God, the Dallas Cowboys. This is... And I'm like, bro, pump your fucking brakes. Dallas is not that good. And the two games that they have lost, what is the offense? Dallas is literally, if we can create turnovers on defense and score off them turnovers, we're already good. The problem with that is you're not beating the – once you play teams that are actually really good and that can stop your defensive line from getting to the quarterback, you're screwed. And Dallas is that type of team because as much as we want to sit and act like it, yeah, Trayvon Diggs being injured is one thing. But that secondary was never great, and it never was. And I think that people that really was sitting out here, you know, saying Dallas is great after week two, it's like, bro, I've seen this enough. Pump the fucking brakes. I expect Dallas to be good. The rest of the year. You ain't got really anybody to play really like that. Um, I expect Dallas to do Dallas shit. I don't expect Dallas to really have a, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't expect a bad Dallas. I mean, what I do expect is this, though. I think Dallas is going to get in the playoffs. But they're going to go home right after they get in the playoffs. It's going to be a wild card, and they're going to get their ass beat, and they're going to go home, and everybody's going to be like, oh, wow, they – you know, had a Dallas season. Yeah, they're going to have a really good season because they're going to play a bunch of teams. They don't have a good record. Our isn't really that fucking good to begin with. You already played two, the Patriots and the Jets. You still got to play Miami. Think about, think about that shit. You still have to play Miami and Buffalo. You haven't even played Miami and Buffalo yet. 
Good fucking luck. Like, you haven't even played Miami or Buffalo yet. Good fucking luck. I don't see y'all beating them at all. Um, You say I play Miami and Buffalo. I think they play the NFC West this year. Yeah, I think y'all play. I think they play the NFC West this year. Yeah, I think they play the NFC West or the NFC because they played the NFC North last year. So I think they play the NFC West this year because I know they don't play us. So yeah, you play the NFC West this year. So you already lost to the Cardinals. You already lost to the 49ers. So you still got Seattle and the Rams. So, listen, this is why I kept saying, do not put the cart before the fucking horse, man. Do not put the cart before the horse, man. It's it's not a good idea. Because Dallas was going to do this eventually. I'm not surprised by the shit. I'm really not. So, yeah, good fucking luck. They got a char- they got the Chargers this weekend, this Monday night coming. And to be honest, I don't know who's gonna win that game. I'm gonna be dead as honest with you. I don't even know. Anyway, let's get into it now. My big four of the NFL uh, week seven, I guess, going into week seven is this. Now I'm, I've been doing this for the last couple of weeks. Uh, hope you guys enjoy this. Here we go. So, starting at number one, and that is the San Francisco 49ers. San Francisco is the team that beat Dallas Sunday Night Football, 42-10, to 10, beat the living shit out of them. Um, now, 49ers are number one for me, but I still think if they play Philly, they're getting their ass beat. I don't think they have enough to beat Philly. Um... And they really haven't played anyone either. Like, if you actually look at the games that the 49ers have actually physically played, the Pittsburgh Steelers' offense is awful. And now we know they're awful. Week two, they played the Rams, and the Rams could have beaten them. Um, week three, they played the Giants. And come on, it's the fucking Giants. And week four, you played uh, the Cardinals. <laughs> like, and, you brought, and the Cardinals gave you a game. And then week Five, you play Dallas, and you beat the hell out of Dallas. So I, I'm, I'm looking at the games they've played, and you play who you play, and who's in front of you, you play them, and they've outplayed those teams easily. But my thing with this is, until you meet a team that forces Brock Purdy to actually beat you, I don't think the 49ers can really sit up here and tell me anybody, nobody can really sit up here and tell me the 49ers are just as great as the Eagles. They look it. But until you play a team that can actually match you, like Seattle, who has the defense and the ability to stop your pass rush, I don't think you have a chance to beat any of those teams. Until you play a team like Seattle, Philly, until you play one of those teams, hell, Detroit, I don't think you beat these teams. I don't really think you can beat them. So I gave you the, the number one spot, but good luck. And hell, you play a good team this week, Cleveland Browns. Cleveland has a really good defense. If Deshaun Watson also plays – that's an interesting situation for the 49ers because as good as the 49ers are, you have a guy like Miles Garrett who's coming off of a bye who has health and he is probably going to be ready to wreck shit. Good fucking love. And, and, and here's the thing. They're not going to put him on the same size as Trent Williams. They ain't that damn stupid. So they're going to go at the, 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 the 49ers easily when they get in this game. So, this is going to be one of those games where I could definitely see the 49ers losing. So, um, good luck. Number two is that team I just talked about, the Eagles. Um, like I said last week about the Eagles, they're starting to kind of get their rhythm. They're two right now to me. Um, same thing with the, um, the 49ers. They really haven't played anyone just yet. Uh, week one, they played uh, the Patriots. And they almost let the Patriots beat them. And we now know how bad the Patriots look. So they almost let the Patriots beat them in week one. Week two, uh, you dominated the Vikings. Well, it was a shootout, but you pretty much dominated the Vikings with the run game. Week three, um, week three, you played Tampa. So, yeah, good luck. Yeah, that was a pretty, you know, favorable situation for you. 
Um, week four. Uh, what did they play week four? <laughs> what did they play week four? I forgot who they played week four. They played somebody last week four. I can't fucking remember. Um, oh, Washington. And you beat Washington, but that was a shootout. And then um, this previous week, you played the Rams, and you did exactly what I expected you to do against the Rams. You, the Rams really didn't have a chance to have of really stopping you at all in that game. So I expected that, that game to go the way it went, and it yeah, easily went that way. Um, if the defense continues to grow and the defense continues to play like it's planned, Jenna Carter is a is an animal and a half. Uh, <laughs> Jordan Davis is starting to find his rhythm. Fletcher Cox should be back this upcoming week. And you go to New York, Jets, late game. Zach Wilson, I think, is doing better, but I don't think he's ready to see a Philly defense like that. And, you know, you got to be very cautious of how you're going to do this game for the Jets because they might not be able to run the ball. And if you can't run the ball, that's a problem for Zach Wilson because if you can't run the ball, you're putting Zach Wilson in a position where he can't throw the ball 50 fucking times, which it feeds right into the Philadelphia Eagles' wheelhouse. So good luck with that. I think the 49 I think the Eagles, like I said, is to me is better than the 49ers. The reason why I gave the 49ers that is right now the Eagles just need to show me they're their that they're their team. The 49ers, even though they haven't really, to me, really played any fucking body, they have shown up and shown out in those games. So I gotta give it to them. Um coming in at number three is, to me, one of the best teams also in the NFL, and that is the Detroit Lions. They come in at number three for me. They're 4-1 so far this season. Um, Week one, of course, they went to Kansas City, beat Kansas City. Week two, they lost to Seattle in overtime. Never really got the ball in overtime. Seattle just drove up the field and beat them. But the last three games, they have dominated. Um, Atlanta beat Atlanta down. Um, Yeah, they beat Atlanta down, and then um, no, no, they played Atlanta third week. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. I'm tripping. They played Atlanta the third week. Beat Atlanta. Um, fourth week they played. Um, holy shit, who are they played four week? <laughs> it's hard to keep up with all these goddamn games. I know this past week you played uh, the Carolina Panthers. Beat the Carolina Panthers like you stole some. Um. Yeah, I think the previous week you did play Atlanta. You played Atlanta, and then the third week, I forgot how the hell they played. Oh, no, 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 no. I was wrong. So they played Atlanta the third week. They played Green Bay the fourth week, and then they played Carolina just recently. So, yeah, I was tripping. Um, So, yeah, the last three games, you've been rolling. Atlanta scored six. Green Bay just could not fathom, you know, offense against the defense of Detroit. And, of course, 42 points without Amari St. Amaran St. Brown, and, of course, um, Jameer Gibbs. So you don't even have those two guys in the game, and you outrun them 42 points. Um, I heard somebody today say that Detroit is just like the Dallas Cowboys. Um, If they play the top two teams, they're not going to have enough to really beat them. And I was like, you are smoking pounds, kid. (laughs) Like I'm listening to that shit. I'm like, if they play the top two teams, I think it was Shannon Sharp that said that. If they were to play – um, the top two teams in the, in the NFC, they wouldn't beat them. Maybe not the Eagles, but I think they could give the, the 49ers a run for their fucking money. Like, the 49ers offensive line is not that fucking good. And they could actually get to them up. They, they could get to him. And if they could break up the run game, and, and they can easily beat them. Um, but, yeah, this upcoming week, they play Tampa. Um, in Tampa. Going to be a very interesting game. Uh, I, again, Detroit's defense is good enough to get to, to Baker Mayfield. Um, and also, I don't know if Mike Evans is going to be able to play in that game. So if he does or doesn't, it's going to be a pretty interesting game. I know they just lost their cornerback. So I don't know how it's going to look. But Detroit is one of those teams where I just feel like offensively also, they have a juggernaut. Jared Goff could do enough. Uh, if Amaran St. Brown plays, if Jameer Gibbs plays another week under the belt for uh, Jameson Williams, uh, Sam Laporta is going crazy as a rookie tight end. I think Detroit has enough to beat the Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and that's really not saying a lot. Uh, <laughs> really not saying a lot. And coming in at number four for me, 
It's a team that was on by this this past week. But before they went on by, uh, they lost the game against the Rams, which is a divisional game, so you can't really judge that. Like I said, they went to Detroit and beat the Detroit Lions in overtime. And then they went off and, uh, you know, the last couple of weeks have beaten some – they beat the Giants. Um, and that is the uh, the Seattle Seahawks. They beat the Giants the last time they were on a football field. Um, yeah. Um, I think Seattle's the fourth best team in the league. Um, Geno Smith has – Geno Smith had one game where he just didn't – he looked like Geno Smith. And then the last three games he's played in, he's looked like, oh, shit, wait a minute. This is actually a really good quarterback. I think if they play the San Francisco 49ers right now, I think they beat them. Um, I know people would think that's blasphemy, but look at the games. Like, look at the teams and look at the games. I think Seattle's defense is a little bit better and a little bit more equipped to handle what the 49ers can actually throw at you. And I think with Geno Smith, with DK Metcalf, uh, Jackson Smith Najabi and of course Tyler Lockett. I think and also Noah Fant. I think the Seattle Seahawks will be way ready for whatever comes their way. Um and plus with that defense with Devil Winterspoon now officially more into the season and now knowing what he has to do. Another also an early bye week, so now he can really decipher what he has to do. Uh this upcoming week though is gonna be a very interesting test for this team. Going to Cincinnati, knowing Cincinnati needs to win this game to kind of get back into their divisional race. With Jamar Chase going off like he did last week, Joy, Joe Mixon hasn't really done a lot. Joe Mixon hasn't done a lot this year, but hopefully he gets going eventually. T. Higgins should be back. If he does play this week, then you will have Joe uh, T. Higgins, uh, Jamar Chase, and Tyler Boyd to deal with. Um and that's going to be a pretty interesting thing for the secondary of the of the Seattle Seahawks. But for the most part, I think it's going to be an interesting game uh, for Seattle. And if they win this game, then they just push themselves, to me, a little bit higher up on what I believe um, on my list. I think Seattle would probably surpass a lot of teams in my mind uh, for that. But, you know. Anyway, speaking of week six, week seven, coming into week seven, again, here's another thing I love to do called my levels of warning in NFL, man. I take three teams. Y'all know how it goes. Yellow is caution. Orange is panic time. And red is completely just DOA. Why am I wasting my time on you? Um, couple teams coming into this. So here we go. My team and caution. And by the way, before I get into that, I did not have an AFC team in my top four. Buffalo lost to Jacksonville which they shouldn't have lost to them, but they did. Kansas City, offensively, is terrible. They can't separate. That defense, as much as that defense is doing, that defense is as tip-top, but it's only so much longer that defense can hold before they lose who they are. They can't separate, and that's, that's a problem. As good as Patrick Mahomes is, he can only do so much. So, I don't think Kansas City is that good. I just don't. I don't think Kansas City. Also, Kansas City hasn't really played anyone yet. So, until they play someone, then I'll probably think about it. Um, and then, um, yeah, so Bills lost. Dolphins Dolphins should have blew out the Giants. Like, that should have never been a close game. That shouldn't have been 31-16. You should have blew out the Giants. The Giants have no chance to have two or throw a pick, like, in the in the, in the the red zone. Like, it was in – let them run it back for 102 yards. Like, what the fuck – like, why would you let that happen? Um, Yeah, Miami, I don't trust Miami either. I don't trust Miami's – the offense, but the offense is, is just fast. And they're too fast for their own fucking good because eventually they're going to have to play a team – that can kind of slow down that speed. And if they play a team that kind of slow down that speed and play like the Patriots played them too, like too deep and everything like that, if say we're taking away what the fuck they do so well, what is going to happen? And that defense of Miami is still not that good. I know they're about to get Jalen Ramsey back in a couple, in a couple weeks, but what does he really do to help your fucking defense? So yeah, I, I, Miami, Buffalo, Kansas City on the outside looking into this for me personally, 
Uh, Baltimore, two. You lose to Pittsburgh the way you lose to Pittsburgh. I can't put you in my top four. At, I can't put you in my big four at all. Like, I, I just physically can't. Sorry, I just can't. Um, so let's get into it, man. Like I said, this is my week seven levels of warning for the NFL teams. My yellow, my caution team, is the Rams. Now, the Rams played very hard against the Philadelphia Eagles, but uh, the last two, the last drive for the Rams to actually get back into the game, Hassan Reddick said, let me show you why you motherfuckers need offensive linemen. He wrecked that motherfucker. <laughs> he wrecked Matthew Stafford so many times in the backfield that last drive, man. I felt bad for that, man. Um, Cooper Cup is back. They got the rookie, uh, uh, they got the rookie receiver, Pokey, Pokian, Pokian, Pokie, whatever the fuck that dude name is. Uh, Poka. Yeah, Poka. They got the rookie receiver, Poka. They got Cooper Rush, uh, Cooper Cup coming back. That's great. I'm happy for you. But this has been my problem with the Rams. I don't, I'm not afraid of what the Rams are. Like, at all. Like, they played the Eagles tough. But if they lose this upcoming week, um, which I think they're on bye, so they don't have the – no, I think they play somebody. I can't remember who. But I know Green Bay and the Steelers, I think, are on bye this week. Um, but, yeah, man, I, I just feel like the Rams right now are in a very – this is a very interesting spot to be in for the Rams because they're in the kind of like no man's land, week seven of the season – you're two and three. If you win this week, you still have a chance to get in the playoffs. If you lose this week, you're more closer to the Cooper, the uh, Caleb Williams, excuse me, the Caleb Williams sweepstakes than you are anything else. So, what do you do? And I think the Rams are in a very particular, very peculiar situation. They're teeter tottering. I didn't really have the Rams be a great team this year at all. But they've surprised me. They've done a great job. They won two games. Okay, great. But I still think this is such a, a shaky situation. I don't know who the Rams are still. I don't know. And I don't think they know who they are. So that's why they're in my yellow. Uh, my orange, my panic time. The team needs to definitely think about panic time because it's, it's getting closer and closer is the Washington Commanders. Now, last week, Thursday Night Football, you let DJ Moore become Randy Moss on your ass. He dominated you niggas. Um, Justin Fields had a field day, literally, with you motherfuckers. Y'all gave up 40 points to the Chicago Bears. Now, Chicago before that week was doing pretty damn well, so I'm not going to sit here and say, like, Chicago was just terrible. No, they did pretty well against the goddamn um, Denver Broncos. Um, but... I'm starting to realize, man, Washington's defense is not good. They're not good. Like, like they can't stop anyone. It's, 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 and his name, Ron Rivera, who you were supposed to be the guy. You were supposed to be the man. You were supposed to, this is always supposed to be your defense. And I have not had one time where I'm like, yeah, this defense is, is great. This defense is okay, is decent. But the games you've lost, you've given up over 30 points. <laughs> the games you have lost, you've given up over 30 points in those games. The first game, the, the game against Buffalo, 37 points they scored on you. The Philadelphia game, they scored 34 points on you. And then Thursday night, Chicago, they scored 40 points on you. You are supposed to be a defensive-minded head coach. And your defense is the worst goddamn part of the entire fucking team. That's not good. And this is why I kept saying, you, here's the thing. You are getting saved because there's worse head coaches than you. But if you guys were just as bad as them, like this upcoming week, you in a situation, my guy. Like, you need to win this game. If you don't win this game, I'm a little, uh, woo-wee. Because you play Atlanta. Atlanta's not that great offensively. So you shouldn't have a goddamn problem with it. The only thing Atlanta got is B. John Robinson. Don't get last week food. They only got B. John fucking Robinson. But if Atlanta beats you this week, and I think the game's in Washington, 
if they come to your house and beat you this week, I'm sorry, you gotta you gotta start to sit here and think. Maybe we need to fire Ron Rivera. Like you got to now. You gotta put this in your head now. Cause there's no way in hell a team like Washington starts two and zero, and then out of nowhere you just lose three consecutive games, and not just lose them, lose them by giving up four, over thirty fucking points. That is not a good sign, my guy. And by the way, week two, your defense almost gave up a fucking gave the game up almost there. You gave up a hail mary to fucking Russell Wilson. Like, bro, really? You gave up a hail mary in week two to Russell Wilson, and they didn't. And if they would have converted that second, that, that two-point conversion, you go into overtime. And if they would get the ball, get the ball first, they finally beat you. So, yeah, I'm not, I'm not a, yeah, Washington definitely in panic time. That is a definitely scary feeling. The three games you have lost since you went 2-0, you have given up over 30 fucking points. That's a goddamn problem for me. Sorry. And the team that is definitely on red, definitely DOA should be checking for pulses because they might be really, really gone. Um, it's the Vikings. And the Vikings are one and four. Um, the Vikings have the Bears this upcoming week. And this is such an interesting game. If you asked me two weeks ago who I would have picked, I still probably would have picked the Bears. But that's just because I think Justin Fields is a better quarterback than Kirk Cousins. Now Justin Jefferson is out, and he's out for four weeks. I don't think that the Vikings have enough to stop the bleeding. Offensively, they don't have enough to stop the bleeding. Justin Jefferson is your best and only option on offense. Now, TJ Hawkinson is a great tight end, but since he's been in Minnesota, he hasn't really done shit. Jordan Addison, this is his time to step up, but is this too much for a rookie to be asked to do? You got rid of Devin, uh, uh, Delvin Cook because you thought it was time to move on, but Alexander Madison is still not doing what the fuck you expected him to do, and you bring also in Cam Akers, who has been struck, who was never really seen in, in L.A., which who was at my caution team. But now Minnesota's in a position right now where I don't think they actually have any idea of who the fuck they are. Minnesota's in no man's land. Exactly what I just said, you know, a lot of these teams could be in. The Rams in. Washington is in. In no man's land. Now, here's the problem with this. They're not going to fire their head coach. Now, Washington, and the Rams are not going to fire theirs. Washington's in position to. The Vikings are not going to fire their head coach because they just hired him last week and he took you to a playoff game. One thing I've been hearing is trade Kirk Cousins at the end of the uh, trade Kirk Cousins, trade Kirk Cousins. For what fucking reason are you going to trade Kirk Cousins? Plus, on top of that, now you hear that he has a no trade clause. If you trade Kirk Cousins, who are you getting back? Because you have to have a, a solid piece. Like, I mean, nigga. Kirk Cousins is at least a decent quarterback. He can get you into the playoffs. Now, he might not win you anything, but he can get you into the playoffs. And if that is the case, I'm not trading Kirk Cousins for anything more than a one. If you ain't got a first-round pick, we ain't talking. I'm not trading him away for nothing more than a one. You need him. We don't need him. You need him. And that is the thing I would be on mentally. The Vikings could have won against Kansas City. The defense is always going to – the defense is going to get better as the season progresses. I don't think the defense is that fucking bad compared to last year's defense. But I do expect um, – I expect the, the, the Vikings – to still stumble a little bit. Now you have no Jordan, uh, no Justin Jefferson. I don't know how his offense is going to look without Jordan Jefferson. I really don't. I've never seen a without Justin Jefferson because when they didn't have Justin Jefferson, they had Stephon Diggs and Adam and Adam uh, 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 Tillman. 
Now you don't have any of them. So you're asking a rookie to step up and be that guy. And I don't think he's ready for that. So good fucking luck. Good fucking luck. Good fucking luck. Yeah, good fucking luck. That is my week seven levels of warning in the NFL. And that is the show to bleed, uh, I bleed sports. <sighs> Hope you guys enjoyed this, man. Uh, see y'all next week for another episode. Uh, baseball should be by the time in the ALCS, maybe going into the, into the World Series. Basketball is going to be definitely ramping up by this time and ready to play. And, of course, the NFL will be in different kind of, different situations. Um, but until then, man, I am Brandon Janu. Hope you guys enjoy this. I'll see you soon. Peace.